And we are as a people. Yeah, we are. Inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths. Nailed it. And to secret proceedings. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. It was 1776 when the founders signed the writ of independence from the Brits. It was revolution. This is Band of Patriots, by the way. No an enemy from within would enslave us all again and deprive us of our rights in the Constitution. Yeah, they would. Restore the Republic. Wake up, it's time to understand. Restore the Republic. We're losing our freedom in the land. Yeah, we are. Don't think we are. You will after this show. Working from behind the scenes, controlling everything. From the daily news we read to the politicians. Mm-hmm. And they're pulling our financial strings. Yeah, they are. More powerful than kings. Mm-hmm. It's a central bank elites bringing our destruction. Yeah, they are. Restore the republic. Wake up, it's time to make a stand Restore the Republic We are the people and we can Restore the Republic Pledge our allegiance to the flag Restore the Republic We gotta take the freedom back America, arise It's time to open up your eyes And march back down the road to freedom Yeah, we are If we live the other They'll take our rights away Yeah, they will So we the people must defeat Well, God God will help us defeat them You know what I'm saying? Restore the Republic I'm going to let this play out just a little bit more Do me a favor And share this out on whatever platform you're on Facebook is totally hiding everything (laughs) YouTube does too, but whatever We're used to it Part of the hiding, hiding stuff. Printing money till we choke, shoving taxes down our throats, mm-hmm. bailing out banks we don't even owe. It's a ruination. They're invading our privacy with high technology, microchip in our ID. It's abomination. Yeah, it is. Restore the republic. Wake up, it's time to make a stand Restore the Republic Spread the news across the land Restore the Republic Pledge our allegiance to the flag Restore the Republic It's time to take our freedom back It's time to take our freedom back It's time to take our freedom back I remember the very first time somebody told me I was an activist. I was probably about, I don't know, how old was I when that happened? I don't know, 18, 19 years old. Here I am, 52 years old, uh, and I'm still a patriot. Yeah, I am. 
Hello, people. I want to welcome you to tonight's show. As you know, I am your sweet and lovable host, Stacey Lynn. And tonight what we're going to do is we're going to look at some news that pretty much probably most of you haven't heard about. I'm going to take these take this headset off because I don't need to hear myself in the headset. Um, you know, and... <sighs> You know, it's interesting. This is Bible News Radio. And um, normally when I do a show, I start the show out out with um, some type of biblical devotion. You know, I, I open up the Bible, I read it to you, and I, I share some thoughts. You know, and but tonight I'm not going to do that. Tonight what I'm going to do is I'm going to just share with you some of the headlines and just preface it this way. I have been told by countless numbers of people that, um, you know, I mean, I've, I've been told by a lot of people, I don't even know how many, that, that I am a prophet, you know, <laughs> that I have the gift of prophecy, that I prophesy into the future, um, you know, and, and it, it, cra- it cracks me up. First of all, I'm not a prophet. I don't think I'm a, pro- I'm a prophet. But I do think that God has given me the gift of discernment. And I do think that he's given me a little gift of wisdom. And I do think that he has given me the ability to discern the times and look at things that are going on in light of a biblical worldview. And because of that, um, you know, some of the things that I like to share um, sometimes fall on deaf ears because for him who has an ear to hear, let him hear, you know, that type of thing. Um, but most, I think, of what I share actually to the people who are um, in the Word of God, they love the Word of God, they are, they believe the Word of God, and they, they, they like are in a relationship with Jesus, I think that you guys get it. You know, Randall and I earlier, um, we were talking about um, when COVID-19 hit. One of the very first things that we did was we pointed out that Bill Gates and others in that cohort uh, had done a workshop a few months prior (laughs) about how to implement an emergency in the event that something like this would happen. Coincidence? I don't think so. I think it was planned. And, you know, I I come at this from, uh, you know, I never want to come at anything like from a sensationalistic point of view. I never want to go, oh, this is it. I'm not the Hagman and Hagman report. I'm not Alex Jones. I'm not the Drudge report. You know, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not, a broadcaster in the sense of like, let's just go ahead and broadcast fringy stuff just for the sake of it so we can get big numbers. I've never been that way. I never will be that way because I'm me. Um, I have sound thinking. Not that these guys don't, but I think they are fear mongers. And one of the things that I'm not is I don't, I don't want to be a fear monger. I want to be a faith monger. You know, I want to encourage you in your faith, because if you're in Christ, if you're hidden in Christ, like the book of Colossians said, says, then you don't have to fear the things that are coming, even if we end up dead, right? I mean, even if persecution comes to America and we end up dying for our faith, they cannot take our soul. And God reminds us to, to, to fear the one 
that can take our soul, not the one who can take our body. I personally think that we are in totally exciting prophetic times. I mean, never in the history of the world have we ever had knowledge increase as much as we have in our day and age. We are a world government now, essentially. We're not calling it that quite yet, but we're there. I mean, the whole world is connected. There are certain parts that are banned. I mean, I play certain songs on the show and they're banned in, you know, other countries. They won't let them hear it, you know. And I'm like, okay, whatever. The thing with America is that half of America seems to think that being a socialist country would be super great, right? And regardless of what you think about the last election that we had, I know it was fraud. I'm pretty sure Donald Trump knows it was fraud. Um, Donald Trump should be in the White House right now, but it was fraud, right? And, you know, what were they hoping for? Were they hoping for a revolution that, you know, all these people would come out and, and you know, fight and kill and murder and, and create civil war? Maybe. But generally the right, the, the Republicans, don't act that way, okay? <laughs> um, and yes, I, by implication, am, am implying that the left does. All right. So I will say this flat out that um, for him who has eyes to see and ears to hear, you know, our last election was completely fraudulent. Anybody who can anybody can see that if your eyes are open. Now, here's the thing, though. OK, so we got a fraudulent president who's got dementia and we have a wicked vice president who at some point, I believe, will become the president because I don't know how they're going to whack Joe. They'll either say he's mentally unstable and throw him out. Maybe they'll off him. Who knows? I don't know. Um, either way, it's sad. And they're playing with our country, right? So, you know, and then there's, there, then there's the other thing that we got to look at. We look, we look at COVID-19. Now, here's what I think. COVID-19 is real. The virus is real. But did it warrant locking the whole world down? No. There have been more <laughs> there have been worse things in the world than locking America down and the world. I mean it wasn't just America, it was the world, but the thing that still blows me away is how much control the media has over the masses. I mean, if you don't think that you're easily swayed and brainwashed, if you're watching the media constantly, especially the news, then why did you wear a mask? Why did you stay in your house? Why did some of you get the vaccine? Because that's all, I believe, fear-mongering and mind control to get you to do something that Mr. Globalist wants you to do, to use the term that somebody recently said. Um, I think that nobody should get the vaccine. That's my personal opinion. I know that a lot of you disagree with me and you have that right. I wouldn't. Not even to save my job. I'd be out of a job because I wouldn't do it. Um, I don't trust Big Pharma. I don't trust our government. Uh, I am concerned about our military. I know that there's central banking behind all this, 
and um, big tech, let's just say, say, they have us all in the web, you know. I mean, I just bought a brand new MacBook. It has Siri on it. It has, you know, it's got, it can listen to anything I say. It has camera, um, you know, there's, there's no getting away from this stuff if you're going to have any type of online presence or anything online. So, you know, th there's, they got us. They got us, right? So the question is, what does big tech, the military, big pharma, the media, and central banking have to do with COVID-19? It has everything to do with COVID-19. COVID-19, let's just say, is a Trojan horse, the, the COVID-19, which I call it COVID-con, because I do think it is a con, and I think it's the biggest con that's ever been played out in the history of this country and the world, um, has everything to do with it. And, you know, I have a friend um, who sent me a, a video uh, that Catherine Austin Fitz did, um, and she's highly reputable. Um, you can see it on Vimeo. I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna be able to. If you if you want where you can get it, I will just. I'll I'll tell you where you can get it later. But um, she wrote an article titled "The Injection Fraud: It's Not a Vaccine," and I'm gonna take the time to read this because I think it's important for you to hear it. Um, and um, it was written in June last year, 2020. Um, and you can find this article over at childrenshealthdefense.org, childrenshealthdefense.org. Um, so check that out. Before we do that, though, let me uh, see if there's anybody that we can say hi to. I don't know if anybody's watching or not, but if you are, I just want to say hi if I can see you, because um, this is live streaming, of course. And um, let's see what else we got here. We got anybody over on YouTube? want to see there's four of you watching over there it looks like so if you want to put your name in there and say hi that's great also don't forget to give us a thumbs up there i don't know if it does anything to help <laughs> with us getting seen more on youtube i don't know but if it does that's great if it doesn't then i don't know but anyway um before i read the article though one of the things i want to say here is that this doesn't scare me at all. Um, in fact, what it does is it actually um, encourages me because I see this in light of Bible prophecy. Look, there's going to be a one world government at some point. And I know people are like, no, 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 there's not. Yeah, there is. There's this guy called the Antichrist that's going to come to power at some point. And which, which will mean that America has to fall, right? We're on our way out. And, you know, pretty much every country has to fall in order for there to be a one world government, which means that there's going to be a one world currency, right? And a one world religion. And, and when that all comes together, people are going to have, they're going to have to make a choice, right? Now, I think we are seeing the beginnings of this. If not, we're in the middle of it. Um, especially the last almost 20 years in particular, when you look at technology. So um, I'm not, I'm not saying if anybody's saying hi, but if you are, um, I can't see it. So I'm going to read this article. Randall's putting it up here on the screen. It's called the injection fraud. It's not a vaccine. Listen to this. Um, I am not a scientist. 
I'm not a doctor. I am not a biotech engineer. I'm not an attorney. However, I read, listen, appreciate, and try to understand those who are. I was an investment banker until politics made it impossible to continue to practice my art. I was trained as a portfolio strategist, so or strategist. So I strategist. <laughs> is that what it was? Don't go all bush on us. Okay. So I mapped my world by watching the financial flows and allocation of resources. I was also trained as a conspiracy generator and foot soldier. Conspiracies being the fundamental organizing principle of how things get done in our world. It was not until I left the establishment that I learned that those not in the club had been trained to disparage and avoid conspiracies. A clever trick that sabotages their efforts to gather power. My response to living at war with agencies of the U.S. government for a time was to answer the questions of people who were sufficiently courageous and curious to solicit my opinion. Over many years, that response transformed into two businesses. One was the Solari Report, which continues to grow as a global intelligence network, which, by the way, that's who, that's who, who, who the, this video is about. And she wrote this. She talks about this in the video. We seek to help each other understand and navigate what is happening and contribute to positive outcomes. The other was serving as an investment advisor to individuals and families through Solari Investment Advisory Services. After 10 years, I converted that business to doing an ESG screen. What those who use it want, that is not otherwise readily available in the retail market, is a screen that reflects knowledge of financial and political corruption. Tracking the metastasizing corruption is an art, not a science. When you help a family with their finances, it's imperative to understand all their risk issues. Their financial success depends on successful mitigation of all the risks, whether financial or non-financial, that they encounter in their daily lives. Non-financial risks can have a major impact on the allocation of family resources, including attention, time, assets, and money. Many of my clients and their children had been devastated and drained by healthcare failures and corruption, and the most common catalyst for this devastation was vaccine death and injury. After their lengthy and horrendous experiences with the healthcare establishment, they would invariably ask, if the corrupt corruption is this bad in medicine, food, and health, what is going on in the financial world? Chilled by the thought, they would search out a financial professional who was schooled in U.S. government and financial corruption, and they would find me. The result of this flow of bright, educated people, blessed with the resources to pay for my time, was that for 10 years, I got quite an education about the disabilities and death inflicted on our children by what I now call the Great Poisoning. I had the opportunity to repeatedly price out the human damage to all concerned, not just the affected children, but their parents, siblings, and future generations, mapping the financial costs of vaccine injury again and again and again. These cases were not as unusual as you might expect. Studies indicate that 54% of American children have, had, have, have one or more chronic diseases. That's a staggering number, you guys, when you think about that. Doctors who I trust tell me that number is actually much higher as many children and their families cannot afford the care and testing necessary to pro 
properly diagnose what ails them. One of the mothers featured in Vaxxed, a, much, a must-watch documentary for any awake citizen, as it is sequeled Vaxxed to The People's Truth, estimated that a heavily autistic child would cost present value five, is that multi-million? I think it's supposed to be million. Five million to raise and care for over a lifetime. When my clients who were grandparents insisted that they would not interfere with their children's vaccine choices because it was none of their business, I would... I would say, really? Who has the $5 million? You or your kids. When your kids need the $5 million to raise their vaccine-injured child, are you going to refuse them? You are the banker, and it's your money that's at risk here, so, so it is your business. Do you want to spend that $5 million on growing a strong family through the generations or on managing a disabled child who did not have to be disabled? Often that $5 million in expenditures also translates into divorce, depression, and lost opportunities for siblings. My clients help me find the best resources, books, documentaries, articles on vaccines. You'll find many of them linked or reviewed at the Solari Report, including in our library. Now, if you want to go there, it's uh, home.solari.com. It's H-O-M-E dot S-O-L-A-R-I. Com for those of you listening on the audio. Why? Of all the questions that I had, the one that I spent the most time researching and thinking about was why. Why was the medical establishment intentionally poisoning generations of children? Well, why, why has the medical establishment intentionally promoted abortion and murdered tons of children. I mean, it's a, you know, anyway. Many of the writers who researched and wrote about vaccine injury and death assumed it was an aberration resulting from the orthodoxy of a medical establishment that could not face or deal with its mistakes and liabilities. That never made sense to me. Writings by Forrest Maretti, John Rappaport, Dr. Suzanne Humphreys, and Arthur Furstenberg have helped me understand the role of vaccines in the con man trick of saving money for insurance companies and the legally liable. Here's one example of how the trick may play out. A toxin creates a disease. The toxin might be pesticides or industrial pollution or wireless technology radiation. The toxin damages millions of people and their communities. Communities or their insurance provider may be liable for civil or criminal violations. Then a virus is blamed, a quote, cure, unquote, is found in a quote, vaccine, unquote. The pesticide or other toxic exposure is halted just as the vaccine is introduced and presto, the sickness goes away. The vaccine is declared a success and the inventor is declared a hero. A potential financial catastrophe has been converted to a profit, including for investors and pension funds, as a portfolio strategist 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 yeah I have a problem speaking people anyway I admit it has been a brilliant trick and likely has protected the insurance industry from the bankrupting losses it would experience if it had to fairly compensate the people and families destroyed 
Thanks to the work of Robert Kennedy and Mary Holland of Children's Health Defense, I now understand the enormous profits generated by so-called, quote, vaccines, unquote, subsequent to the passage of the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986 and the creation of the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, a federal no-fault mechanism. Did I say that right? I did, right? For compensating vaccine-related injuries or deaths by establishing a claim procedure involving the United States Court of Federal Claims and Special Masters. Call a drug or biotech cocktail a, quote, vaccine, unquote, and pharmaceutical and biotech companies are free from any liabilities the taxpayer pays. Unfortunately, this system has become an open invitation to make billions from, quote, injectables, unquote, particularly where government regulations and laws can be used to create a guaranteed market through mandates. As government agencies and legislatures, as well as the corporate media, have developed various schemes to participate in the billions of profits, significant conflicts of interest have resulted. The, the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, PREPA, or the PREP Act, became law in 2005, adding to corporate freedoms from liability. The act is, quote, is it, it, the act, quote, is a controversial tort liability shield intended to protect vaccine manufacturers from financial risk in the event of a declared public health emergency. The act specifically affords to drug makers immunity from potential financial liability for the clinical trials of ellipsis vaccine at the discretion of the executive branch of government. PREPA strengthens and consolidates the oversight of litigation against pharmaceutical companies under the purview of the Secretary of Health and Human Services, unquote, source Wikipedia, just so you know. The engineering of epidemics. Now, pay attention, people, okay? I know this might be putting you to sleep, but now wake up, wake up, wake up. Okay. Over time, this has evolved to the engineering of epidemics, the medical version of false flags. In theory, these can be psyops or events engineered with chemical warfare, biowarfare, or wireless technology. If this sounds strange, dive into all the writings of the quote, targeted individuals. I learned about this firsthand when I was litigating with the Department of Justice and was experiencing significant physical harassment. I tried to hire several security firms. They would check my references and then decline the work, saying it was too dangerous. The last one took pity and warned me not to worry about electronic weaponry, letting me know that my main problem would be low-grade biowarfare. This biowarfare expert predicted that the opposing team would drill holes in the wall of my house and inject the invisible enemy. Sure enough, that is exactly what happened. I sold my house and left town. That journey began a long process of learning how poisoning and non-lethal weapons are used, whether to move people out of rent-controlled apartments, sicken the elderly to move them to more expensive government-subsidized housing, gang stock political or business targets, or weaken or kill litigants, and the list goes on. Poisoning turned out to be a much more common tactic in the game of political and economic warfare in America than I had previously understood. After I finished my litigation, I spent several years detoxing, detoxing from heavy metal toxicity, including from lead, arsenic, and aluminum. 
As I drove around America, I realized it was not just me. Americans increasingly looked like a people struggling with high loads of of heavy metals toxicity in the process of significantly decreasing my unusually high levels of heavy metals, I learned what a difference the toxic load had made to my outlook, my energy, and my ability to handle complex information. This brings me to the question of what exactly a vaccine is and what exactly is the concoctions being injected into people today as well as the witch's brew, brews currently under development. What exactly is a vaccine? In 2017, Italian researchers reviewed the ingredients of 44 types of so-called, quote, vaccines, unquote. They discovered heavy metal debris and biological contamination in every human vaccine they tested. The researchers stated, quote, the quantity of foreign bodies detected and in some cases their unusual chemical compositions baffled us, unquote. Then they drew the obvious conclusion, namely, that because the micro and nano contaminants were, quote, neither biocompatible nor biodegradable, unquote, they were biopersistent and could cause inflammatory effects right away or later. Aborted fetal tissue, animal tissue, aluminum, mercury, genetically altered materials, and what else? Whatever the ingredients of vaccines have been to date, nothing is more bizarre and unsettling than the proposals of what might be included in them in the future. Strategies already well-funded and well on the way include brain-machine interface nanotechnology, digital identity tracking devices, and technology with an expiration date that can be managed and turned off remotely. Now, let me just stop here just for a second. So it says here, digital identity tracking devices. How many of you have a new iPad? How many of you are on Facebook? How many of you have a cell phone where you can look at your phone and it just, you know, you program it, looks at you, you use your fingerprint to log in. We're already there with that. I mean, all this stuff is trackable. Um, So this isn't made up. This is totally valid. But listen to this part, and technology with an expiration date that can be managed and turned off remotely. One report indicates that the Danish government and the U.S. Navy had been paying a tech company in Denmark to make an injectable chip that would be compatible with one of the leading cryptocurrencies. I was recently reading Mary Holland's excellent 2012 review of U.S. vaccine court decisions compulsory vaccination, the Constitution, and the hepatitis B mandate for infants and young children. I'm sorry, like hepatitis B, like why would a baby be getting that? I mean, you know what I mean? That's just crazy. Yale Journal of Health Policy, Law and Ethics. And I froze and thought, why are we calling the injectables that Bill Gates and his his colleagues are promoting vaccines? Are they really vaccines? No. Surveillance capitalism is underway. And by the way, hey, wake up in case you fell asleep. I know this is a long article, (laughs) but this is important. Okay, so hey, wake up. Okay, all right. Okay, most people are familiar with how Bill Gates made and kept his fortune. He acquired an operating system that was loaded onto into your computer. It was widely rumored that the U.S. intelligence agencies had a back door. Of course they do. 
Yeah, and interestingly, the CEO of LegalShield used to work for Microsoft. <laughs> anyway, the simultaneous and sudden explosion of computer viruses then made it necessary to regularly update your operating system, allowing Gates and his associates to regularly add whatever they wanted into your software. One of my more knowledgeable software developers once said to me in the 1990s, when Microsoft really took off, quote, Microsoft makes really, you know, S-H-E software, unquote. And, and I actually agree, by the way. <laughs> That's why I have a Mac anyway. But anyway, but of course, the software was not really their business. Their business was accessing and aggregating all of your data. Surveillance capitalism was underway. The Department of Justice launched an antitrust case against Microsoft in 1998, just as the $21 trillion started to disappear from the U.S. government, no doubt with the help of specially designed software and IT systems. During the settlement negotiations that permitted Gates to keep his fortune, he started the Gates Foundation and his new um, philanthropy, did I say that right? Yes. I was going to say philanthropy, but, you know, just saying. I got it right, people. Yeah, I did. Anyway, career. I laughed the other day when my tweet of one of Mr. Uh, of Robert Kennedy Jr.'s articles from the Children's Health Defense describing the gruesome technology Gates is hoping to roll out through, quote, injectables, unquote, inspired a response. Well, I guess he is finally fulfilling his side of his antitrust settlement. If you look at what is being created and proposed in the way of injectables, it looks to me like these technological developments are organized around several potential goals. And by the way, let me just say something here, because I know some of you have gotten these vaccines, right? I'm not judging you at all, just so you know. Um, and, I, and I hope, I hope that nothing goes wrong with, with you or your loved one who took it. Um, but these people are evil, okay? <laughs> I mean, th these people are evil. Bill Gates, bless his heart, the man plays pickleball, and I could probably beat him, I'm just saying, you know. I mean, just because he plays pickleball doesn't mean he is a nice guy, you know. The guy is, is, is evil. Um, that guy wants to reduce the world's population, right? The elite, deep state, whatever you want to call them, the global, Mr. Global, whoever it is, the Antichrist to come, all those dudes want to decrease the world's population. By the way, that's going to happen too. God's going to judge the world and the population is going to decrease a lot after that. But yeah, just this case, boy, this stuff isn't, you know, this isn't just conspiracy theory. You can you can go read the United Nations. You just call it Agenda 21. I don't know what the, the new name is. But it talks about talks about that, reducing the world's populations, putting everybody to high-density housing. This is, this is what's going to save the earth. You know, it's interesting. We can tear down statues in North Carolina and other places that have this racist history. And, okay, they do whatever. I'm not arguing that. You know, left and right, people are advocating taking down statues. But the Georgia Guidestones in Georgia still remain. Those aren't offensive. That talk <laughs> that have these stones, kind of like Stonehenge. But talk about all this reducing the populate world's population to whatever hundred thousand, and and all these changes to bring about what the globalists want. 
Somehow that's not offensive. There's no court cases about that to take those down. I don't know. Coincidence? Back to you. Hmm. By the way, I see JDF over there. Hey, bud. How you doing, buddy? Haven't seen you in a while. There's at least one comment. Wow. Thank you, people. All right. Okay. So, let me back to this article. Okay. And I know this is a long article, but like I said, it's worth hearing uh, because I will tell you, this woman has been censored. Um, and there was, um, if you go watch the video of her talking about this particular situation, there's 25,000 views on it on Vimeo. It was taken off YouTube, of course, you know, which suggests that it's valid. Bill Koenig of um, watch.org, W-A-T-C-H, watch.org, if you go there. You, he was the one that put this in a report. And if you're interested in a PDF of the contents of that documentary, just email me and I will send it to you because I have it. Um, as well as the link to the documentary on Vimeo. I think it's uh, important to point out that this article was written in June of last year. I did. Yeah, I know, but I want to reemphasize that. Some yeah. who may, you know, be coming in later. This is not like, oh, this is reaction to Mm-mm. what's going on now, and you know, yeah. the, the rush of effects. This was this is written almost a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and it makes complete sense. So anyway, let me continue reading. It says here the first and most important goal is the replacement of the U.S. Ex- existing U.S. dollar currency system used by the general population with a digital transaction system that can be combined with digital identification and tracking. They've been talking about this for years, right? Okay. The goal is to end currencies as we know them and replace them with an embedded credit card system that can be integrated with various forms of control, potentially including mind control. De-dollarization is threatening the dollar global reserve system. And who was one of the biggest threats to this? Donald Trump. He was trying to stop it, right? Um, At least, you know, he was, you know, promoting capitalism for America, which ticked off the elite. They didn't like that. Um, Anyway, the M1 and M2 money supply have increased in the double digits over the last year as a result of a new round of quantitative easing by the Fed. The reason we have not entered into hyperinflation is because of the the dramatic drop in money velocity occasioned by converting COVID-19 into an engineered shutdown of significant economic activity and the bankrupting of millions of small and medium-sized businesses. The managers of the dollar system are under urgent pressure to use new technology to centralize economic flows and preserve their control of the financial system. I will tell you one thing. Um, in the in the documentary um, that they that she's in, um, and by the way, you, if you go to Planet uh, Planet Lockdown, I want to say Film dot com, it might be fa- Planet Lockdown Movie dot com. Bareface can check it. But it's Planet Lockdown, okay? So, Planet Lockdown, whatever it is, we'll get it, we'll get you the link. But if you go there, you'll see all these interviews. Um, but I sell Legal Shield, okay? One of the things with Legal Shield is, and this is what uh, my company is promoting, um, we have a small business plan, and one of the big things that Legal Shield has just done has, you know, really emphasized kind of getting the um, um, 
getting our services into small businesses. Why? Because small businesses all across this country are struggling. They're failing. Uh, they're they're losing money. They're closing down. Why? So that Amazon and and Walmart and and the big box stores can come in and take over. So you put small business out of business. You put these big tech companies and and com- you know companies like this. You tie them in to what's going on with our government. Who has all the control, right? Um, it, it's it's centralized power. It's diabolical. It's evil. But anyway, going back to this article here. Just as Gates installed an operating system in our computers, now the vision is to install an operating system in our bodies and use, quote, viruses, unquote, quote, to mandate an initial installation followed by regular updates. Now, I don't know about you and what you think of that one sentence, but I'm going to read it again, okay? Because I don't think this woman is nuts. I think she's absolutely onto something. Just as Bill Gates installed... An operating system in our computers. Now the vision is to install an operating system in our bodies and use, quote, viruses to mandate an initial installation followed by regular updates. Yeah, huh. Interesting. This vaccine that they just came out with, now you got to have two, a follow-up. Why? Huh. That's interesting. Okay, let's see here. A legal sneak attack. Now, I appreciate why Gates and his colleagues want to call these technologies, quote, vaccines. If they can persuade the body politic that injectable credit cards or injectable surveillance trackers or injectable brain machine interface nanotechnologies are, quote, vaccines, then they can enjoy the protection of a century or more of legal decisions and laws that support their efforts to mandate what they want to do. As well, they can insist that U.S. taxpayers fund through the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program the damages for which they would otherwise be liable as a result of their experiments and violations of the Nuremberg Code and numerous civil and criminal laws on the general population. The scheme is quite clever. Get the general population to go along with defining their new injectable high-tech concoctions as vaccines, and they can slip them right into the vaccine pipeline. No need to worry about the disease and death that will result from something this unnatural delivered this quickly. The, f- the freedom from liability guaranteed by the PREP Act through the declaration of an emergency and the ability to keep the emergency going through contact tracing can protect them from liability for thousands, if not millions of deaths and disabilities likely to follow such human experimentation. Ideally, they can just blame the deaths on the virus. Now I'm going to tell you something. My dad, before he died, um, was tested for COVID. Okay. The reason I'm re- I'm repeating this is because it's important. I got a call from from the assisted living he lived in a couple months prior, and they asked me, "Can we test your father for COVID?" I said, "No, absolutely not." I mean, there's no reason to test my dad for COVID. Well, a couple months later, I get a call after the fact. They tell me, by the way, your dad tested for COVID. I was livid. So I called my attorney here here in Tennessee because I'm a Legal Shield member. I called up my attorney, Merritt Webb, Wilson, and Crusoe. They're down in Brentwood. And I said, I, they're like, what's your issue? I said, I am ticked off. I said, a couple months ago, 
the assisted living called and they asked me for my permission to give my dad a COVID test. I told them no. Now I get a phone call and they tell me my dad tested positive because they went ahead and gave him a test without my permission. You know what the attorney told me? The attorney told me I had no rights. That legally my hands were tied because legally they could do whatever they wanted because technically we're under a national emergency having a pandemic. And the attorney also went on to tell me that I think it was, I want to say the polio, I can't remember what vaccine it was. I think it was the polio one, but it was in the early 1900s where the government was mandating people to get this vaccine. I mean, they were forcing people to get it. They were holding in the 50s. Okay. So they were forcing people to get it, right? Um, And the attorney told me, unfortunately, you know, your hands are tied. I, I, I was ticked. I was really, really ticked off um, because that is, I mean, where is anybody's freedom, right? So I'm, so maybe it's, maybe it sounds minor. It's not minor. If you're living in a free country, you should have the right to do what you want with your body, right? In terms of my body, my choice, right, right. Now, of course, I don't agree with abortion and stuff, but what I am saying is that I love my dad. He was 92. They had no business giving him a COVID test. Did it hurt him? No, it didn't hurt him. That's not the point. The point is that I personally believe anybody that gets tested for COVID, you are now in a database. Contract tracing is there, right? I had a chaplain who was my hospice chaplain trying to persuade me for months for me to go get the test. I'm like, nope. Not a, no way, no way. Just like you will never get me to get the vaccine. I mean, you would have to pin me down to give me the vaccine. Um, there is no way that my DNA, I'm going to willingly give it over. Although technically, I have 23 of me, and I they're probably they, so they probably already got my DNA. But the point is, in this case, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm going, "Are you kidding me?" And I personally would not put it past these evildoers to have offed a lot of these people in assisted living homes, you know, um, just because I think they're that evil. Anyway, the article is almost done, people, so hang in there. Okay, so, okay, I think I'm at this, uh, yeah, I think I'm here. All right, a colleague, yeah, that's what I thought. A colleague once told me how Webster's dictionary came out. Webster said that the way the evildoers would change the Constitution was not by amending it, but by changing the definitions, a legal sneak attack. Exactly what's happened. Yep. I believe that Gates and the pharma and biotech industries are literally reaching to create a global control grid by installing digital interface components and hooking us up to Microsoft's new 10 billion Jedi cloud at the Department of Defense, as well as Amazon's multi-billion cloud contract for the CIA that is shared with all U.S. intelligence agencies. Why do you think President Trump has the military organizing to stockpile syringes for vaccines? It is likely because the military is installing the roaming operating system for integration into their cloud. Remember, the winner in the AI superpower race is the AI system with access to the most data. Accessing your body 
And my body on a 24-7 basis generates a lot of data. If the Chinese do it, the Americans will want to do it too. In fact, the rollout of human, quote, operating systems, unquote, may be one of the reasons why the competition around Hawaii and 5G telecommunications has become so fractious, as Frank Clegg, former president of Microsoft Canada, has warned us 5G was developed by the Israelis for crowd control. In the face of global de-dollarization, this is how the dollar syndicate can assert the central control it needs to maintain and extend its global reserve currency financial power. This includes protecting its leadership from the civil and criminal liability related to explosive levels of financial and healthcare fraud in recent decades. Which brings me back to you and me. Why are we calling these formulations, quote, vaccines, unquote? If I understand the history of case law, vaccines in legal terms are medicine. Intentional heavy metal poisoning is not medicine. Injectable surveillance components are not medicine. Injectable credit cards are not medicine. An injectable brain-machine interface is not medicine. Legal and financial immunity for insurance companies does not create human immunity from disease. We need to stop allowing these concoctions to be referred to by a word that the courts and the general population define and treat as medicine and protect from legal and financial liability. The perpetrators of this fraud are trying a very neat trick, one that will help them go much faster and cancel out a lot of risk at our expense. I understand why they're doing it. What I don't understand is why we are helping them. Why are we acquiescing and calling these bizarre and deeply dangerous concoctions vaccines? Whatever they are, they are not medicine. So we shall, so what shall our naming convention be? What name shall we give to the relevant poisons, neurologically damaging metals, and digital shackles? Whatever we call them, I know one thing. They are not medicine, which means they sure are not vaccines. And again, again, the title of this is called, I'm scrolling up here, The Injection Fraud. It's not a vaccine. So Randall, that was a very long article. It took up almost this whole show. Oh, yeah, it um, did. But... Worth reading. And by the way, I'm going to tell you something. I will tweet this out again on my Bible News Radio Twitter account. Um, I will not be surprised if this show gets deleted by YouTube. Okay? So if you're actually watching this live... It probably live, will. I, I will. I will seriously not be surprised if this show gets deleted. Um, because Catherine Austin Fitz, who's the one that's interviewed in that... What was the Planet... PlanetLockdownFilm.com. Okay, PlanetLockdownFilm.com. Go there, PlanetLockdownFilm.com. You can see her interviewed, as well as a whole bunch of other people interviewed. And um, and again, you know, she lays out in the documentary in Planet Lockdown, she lays out what big tech, the military, big pharma, the media, and central banking have to do with COVID-19. Again, was, and this was, this was last year. Yeah. A film made last year before vaccines were rolled out, before there were really any talk of viable vaccines, and this rush to get them out, you know, Project Warp Speed and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, we've been we've been talking about the 
pillars of this uh, for a long time. I remember when we were an audio-only broadcast, and and I think it was still part-time, talking about how the IMF was looking to replace the U.S. dollar as a world currency. The problem has always been is that there is no runner-up. The U.S. dollar has been the top, just number one currency in the world just by leaps and bounds because of the GNP of this country, gross national product. And, of course, the dollar, the U.S. dollar, it's tied to this country, but it's not a government currency, of course. It's the Federal Reserve Bank, which is a private bank um, owned by private bankers that print money and, and um, yeah, and assign value, basically loan the U.S. government money from, anyway, that's a whole nother thing. That's just crazy. Yeah. And we talked about the IMF, and we've talked about the this digital tracking. That's been around for a long time, and and it's only gotten better. And we, I mean, we've, I mean, we've talked about the CIA and Facebook, and and now now we know for a Jedi mentioned here. That's that's a known published, you know, contract going on between Microsoft, Amazon, and the Department of Defense. Um. Uh, they're just, and it's kind of like, this is like the perfect storm. COVID-19 comes along to devaluate all the world's economies and, you know, currencies simultaneously. Um, a big hit on the U.S. dollar. Yep. But it'd be one thing if it was just the U.S. dollar, but the whole world going down is like, we, you know, it's time for a global reset. <sighs> The, oh, yeah, the, deep, the deep state's talking about. I mean, yeah. you know, I interviewed. It's, it's, and anyway, all these elements going on. I mean, we were talking about the, you know, the vax thing long before COVID nineteen. You know, the you know world currency things and economics long before COVID nineteen. We we're talking about big, you know, big pharma, big ag, you know, all this, you know. And the media and all these things. And now it's just like, it, this is like, it's all come together now under the under the banner of COVID-19 that, well, to, and, you know, really put things into overdrive. And, yeah. And I mean, she was talking about in there, if you recall, she mentioned 1995 was when a lot of this stuff started to be put down. Now, Tom. Well, Hull- moving, moving the money out of the out of the country moving u.s wealth out of the so tom horn who i don't necessarily agree with on everything because i think he's a little sensational little yeah just a little bit um but i will say one thing from him that i did get is the topic of transhumanism right now 2045 right It used to be, I think it was 2030 before, and they've upped it to 2025. Yeah, because they haven't hit their goals. Right. uh, So, you know, so the idea of transhumanism, okay, now let me just say this. I'll say it as fast as I can. Um, Genesis 3.15 talks about how the seed of the serpent would crush the seed, uh, or the seed of Mary, the seed of the woman will crush the seed of the serpent, Okay. Don't ever forget that the seed of Mary is a supernatural being, okay? 
That would be Jesus, by the way. The Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, got her pregnant. So he didn't have an earthly father. Okay. I believe the origin of the Antichrist is also going to be extraordinary. I won't say supernatural because I don't think it's supernatural like God would, you know, the supernatural thing. I, if I if I use the term, it would be the dark side of the supernatural, to, to quote L.A. Marzulli, right? Um, I believe that the Antichrist will have some form of um, transhumanist quality, okay? A lot of people will think the beast, you know, is, is a whole system of, you know, just the whole technology or whatever. Um, bottom line is he's not going to be completely human. That's my point. Um, now, is it cool? Wouldn't it be convenient to put a chip in our hand or forehead so that we can buy and sell? Well, it'd be so much more convenient, wouldn't it? I mean, we don't have to bring a wallet anywhere. <laughs> you know, just saying. And the technology's there. For years, they've been rolling that out. However, um, the idea of transhumanism is very hellish because I think in the documentary, they talked about, uh, she talked about how, how the elite have figured out how to let people live to be 150 years old. Okay. Is that right, Randall? Did I hear that right? I yes. Thought, I thought, okay. So can well, you... Well, if they do, you know. Right. So can you imagine a 150-year-old human being today? Okay. Their goal is to live eternally. That's what they want to do, right? You can go ahead and throw that up there. So if you want to see the transhumanist, you know, agenda, this is really crazy creepy if you look at it. Go to 2040... Is it 2045.com now? Yes. Yeah, 2045.com. And just watch the 2045 uh, avatar. There's a video right down there. Yeah, Global Future 2045. If you watch that, it'll creep you out if you really think about what they're trying to do. Right? Be immortal. They're, yeah, they're trying to be immortal. Not recognizing that we already are eternal. Right. We have an eternal soul, but yeah. they're trying to circumvent that. Right. Which is all the more reason why being a follower of Jesus is so important. Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. You call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Eternal life. It's the easiest way. If you want eternal life and you want to be in paradise and heaven forever, with Jesus. It's so easy. The transaction was done on the cross. Man, Jesus rose from the dead. All you got to do is believe and receive, repent, and, and you will be saved, right? Um, it is so easy, which is why the church is the biggest threat to this, which is why Christians are being killed all over the world, um, and which is why we, the conservative and Christians who can see this stuff, are being silenced all over big tech. If we were not a threat to the evil one, why would they be shutting us down? They wouldn't. They would not shut us down. I have like almost 4,000 followers on Facebook. You know how many people saw my posts, see my post on average? Maybe seven or eight people. <laughs> like, you can't tell me I'm not being shadow banned. I got over 10,000 followers on Twitter and maybe 12 see it. 
So, you know, I know that when I look at, oh, there's 15 people watching the show. It's pretty much everybody that saw it. <laughs> it's like, okay, you guys all saw it, you know, which is why if you're not on my text message list, uh, I want you to join my text message list. There it's going through the scroller. Text Bible News to 33222. Get on my text message list. Text there. Text Bible News to 33222. I pay for that service. The text goes right to your phone. Everybody gets the text. That's one way they can't hide us. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, just, it's, it's what we can do, people. Um, also, if you want to support the work Randall and I do, um, it's a lot more than this. We, we have a daily disciples group. We are mentoring people behind the scenes. I'm coaching people behind the scenes. Um, and we would love your support. We're a nonprofit now, which I know some people don't like that, but I'll tell you what, it's saving us money and hopefully taxes. <laughs> and I will tell you, just so you know, just so you can know how much this nonprofit is helping us out. When you give a $25 donation through PayPal, they get, they always take a percentage of that away from us. So we, it's usually $23.97, something like that, that we usually get. But however, now that we're a nonprofit, we get 18 more cents of that $25 donation. <laughs> So it's $24 and change. I don't, I don't remember how much it is, but it, it's, I figured it out. It's like 18 more cents, people. Yeah, it is. Cause we, you know, are nonprofits. So, <laughs> so if you, if you, if you haven't donated to us in a while, I want to, I want to ask you to consider it. Um, because what we're doing is way more than this show on the weekend. Um, and you know, my goal, my heart would be to get back into being able to do this show um, five days a week. Uh, and I, I would love to be able to be doing more discipleship groups, more God Time Together groups. Um, and uh, in fact, let me tell you a little bit about God Time Together. Uh, God Time Together is a morning reading, uh, Bible reading accountability group that I've been doing since September. I started out with Pam Gillespie in September. We hung out for six months together every morning, except weekends. Um, and then I broke off, started my own group, uh, and we're doing 50-day run. My 50-day run is going to be up in a few days, so I'm going to be starting another 50-day run. If you would like to join me in this Bible reading accountability group, um, it's 7.30 a.m. Central Time, uh, some of you might already be at work. That's all right. You know what? You can still join. Um, you can still get on my text message list. I will text you. If you've got a text team unstuck for that one, 33222. Or just email me your phone number. I'll add you. I text you out a daily uh, text message asking you where you're reading in the Bible. You might be going, why do? Why would you have to do that? I'll tell you what. Today, I, I'm gonna just, I texted my list today. And normally, I get at least 20 or 30 responses. Today I got two, which tells me that most of my, my people have not read their Bible today, which means I need to text them later and say, hey people, hello, did you read your Bible today? Because you know, you miss one day, pretty soon you'll miss two days. <laughs> Why is that important? Because you don't, you don't not eat physical food every day unless you're fasting, right? And I'm telling you, you got to strengthen the spiritual man by being in the Word of God. And the more you're going to know the Word of God today, I'm going to tell you, God is going to reveal himself to you in supernatural, super cool ways 
when you're in the Word of God every day, and that's my passion, is to get you in the Word of God, right? So that when you're looking at stuff like this, you're like, huh, this is kind of obvious, you know? It, it's, and we don't have to fear, you know? This is Bible, in my opinion, this is Bible prophecy being fulfilled right before our eyes. I mean, it's very cool. In, like, in fact, like I said yesterday, a year ago, I did an interview with Tim Gillette on his show, and he asked me, what do I think of all this, you know, going on with COVID-19? And he's like, are you scared? And I'm like, no. And I said, the one thing I was scared of is how easily led the masses are. And it doesn't mean that we're not immune. Everybody is immune to being led astray, which is why if you're in God's word every day, it's going to be harder for you to be led astray. And I will posit one thing to you, and, and this is this may, um, uh, and I was thinking about this, actually, this may surprise some of you. But I think that the people that like to say, oh, Satan is after me, and I'm under attack, blah, blah, etc, etc. Um, those are the people who are not in God's word. Those are the people who are playing church or Christianity, or, you know, pretending they're a Christian, or they're, they're caught up in their emotive reasoning about things. Um, because you know what I can tell you? Uh, the more you're in God's word, the more you're, you realize you're hidden in Christ, and you are divinely protected. And the more I'm memorizing God's word, my thoughts aren't being harassed by the devil. My life has been extremely blessed, in fact. <laughs> Um, my health is good. My finances are okay. They're not super great. I mean, I'd like more money to, so we could give more and do more. But, you know, God has provided in my career. Um, and he ha and the spiritual fruit of what we're doing is, is great, you know. So, you know, those of you who are, um, you know, hesitant about things, let me just tell you, draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. You know, and in, in Psalm 119, it, I've been memorizing the Aleph stanza. Bareface has it, has it down. I actually know it. It's not perfect. But it starts out this way. It says, how blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Now, I've been thinking a lot about that. Whose way is blameless? It's those who walk in the way of the Lord, in the law of the Lord. What's the law of the Lord? Well, read the Bible. Then you'll know because it's there. How blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. Who's blessed? Those who observe his testimonies and seek him with all their heart. They also do no unrighteousness. They walk in his ways. You know, and then it says, you have ordained your precepts that we should seek them or keep them, keep them diligently right? If we don't know his precepts, how can we keep them, right? This is what we're supposed to be about. We're supposed to be about the word of God. We're not supposed to be worrying about the world, which a lot of people do. A lot of people in the church, they gripe and complain. You see this, blah, blah. I'm like, whatever, I'm not going to get sucked into the fear-mongering media that's going to try to terrify me because that's what they're doing. They're scaring people, you know? 
if you're if you're memorizing the word of God and you're hiding it in your heart so that you don't sin against God, then you're going to be able to get through anything, right? Even death, if it if it comes to that. I, I tell you what, today in my memories on Facebook, um, I had three pictures of my father come up. Because one thing I knew when I started taking care of my dad um, almost seven years ago was I knew that I was going to take a lot of pictures of my dad. I didn't grow up with my dad. I didn't really know him until the last six, seven years. And so I took a ton of pictures of my father, a ton, you know, because I knew he wasn't going to be around forever. And, you know, one thing about my dad, and Randall can probably testify to this, aside from the fact that he had an ever-growing flat affect due to his dementia, my dad was always happy. My dad always had a smile on his face. Um, my dad wasn't a curmudgeon. You know, he wasn't one of these, like, these grumpy old men. You know, occasionally he, he might, he, he made a couple of colorful comments. Um, but literally, I could probably count on two hands in the whole time I knew him, anything really colorful he said, um, you know, which was probably a bad day. But my dad always had a very positive outlook. And what I'll tell you is that my dad was a man of prayer. You know, my dad told me to pray. And I mean, pray. That's what he said. I probably should have that put on his tombstone, but I didn't. Um, but I remember it because I remember this day I was talking to him and I was um, just kind of taking in this man who's 40 years older than me, you know, and remembering the humility of my father on his knees when he couldn't even see me watching him. People are watching you. They're watching your attitude. They're watching your faith. They're watching what you talk about. They're watching if you're complaining. They're watching if you're giving God glory. They're watching everything about you. And you know what? I've had to grow up in my life. And dealing with my dad, I did that. Um, and plus, I'm older now. I'm over a half a century old, people. Yeah, I am. And most of you are older than me. So you're like, eh, Sonny, <laughs> I'm, I'm a lot older than you. You need to respect your elders. Yeah, you're right. I probably do. But I can also tease you, can't I? Um, my point here is that, look, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And we are to be the encouragers, ambassadors for the kingdom of Jesus Christ here on earth until he calls us home to live in his eternal kingdom, which by the way, is going to be super awesome. Um, you know, it, it is, it's just going to be super cool if you think about it. Um, and, you know, I was listening to something today uh, and it, it kind of, it was sad. Rand, I think Randall brought it up to me, um, talking about how in Tennessee, uh, more people are committing suicide. Is that right? Having overdose, the overdose. Okay, well, people overdose because they're trying to kill themselves usually. Uh, sometimes it's an accident, but often it's not. You know, and so there's a lot of people out there without hope, right? And we have hope, we, we have the one true hope. And I see Natasha out there. Hi, so nice of you to come in. 
glad you're there. She's actually been in my God Time Together morning group, um, and it's been great um, having her in that. But, you know, people are looking for hope, right? And we, we have hope. We have the truth. You know that? I mean, we have the truth. If you look at the Word of God and how the Word of God came about, period, you know, you can't deny the validity of God's Word. You just can't. I mean, you know, some people want to. But, and, and you know, Randall, do you mind if we just go, like, to the bottom of the hour, the another 15 minutes? Uh, okay. Okay. I'm just going to, I want to read this one other article just because I want to, I want to share with you this, the, the Julie Roy story. Did I give that to you? Yeah, I got to get it again, but hold on. Okay. So, why do I bring this up, okay? I bring this up because we live in apostate days, right? And people are looking for hope, and people are playing with God, all right? The evangelical church right now is a complete mess. You know, if you want to look at John MacArthur and Beth Moore, just as the two top perpetrators of the the ridiculousness going on in the church and J.D. Greer you can look at all that stuff and you go yeah this is you know sad let alone all the word of faith teachers and the you know the scandals in the church well this article that Julie Royce posted um, again a sign of the times if you haven't seen this let's look at it It says here former Moody professor and this is Moody Bible Institute pretty popular you know, Christian college, and what I can tell you is, you know, Moody Radio is affiliated with Moody Bible Institute. So former Moody professor and author for Desiring God, which is John Piper's, um, you know, ministry, I guess, announces he's no longer a Christian. All right. Dr. Paul Maxwell, an author, former Moody Bible Institute professor and writer for Desiring God, has announced he's no longer a Christian. Maxwell announced his decision yesterday in an emotional video on his Instagram feed. Today, that announcement is gone, but it was captured online and is posted below. I didn't watch it, didn't care to watch it, but said, but, but apparently you can watch it on the Roy's report. Uh, Julie reached out to Maxwell for comment about why he removed the video, but he did not respond. What I really miss is connection with people. Maxwell reportedly wrote on Instagram, what I've discovered is that I'm ready to connect again and I'm kind of ready not to be angry anymore. I love you guys and I love all the friendships and support I've built here and I think it's important to say that I'm just not a Christian anymore and it feels really good. I'm really happy. Okay. Maxwell then reportedly followed up with a message responding to those who expressed concern about Maxwell's eternal destiny. I just say, I know that you love me, I know, and I receive it as love, I know you care about the eternal state of my soul, and you push through the social awkwardness of telling me this because you don't want me to suffer, and that's a good thing, that's a loving thing to do, and I hear where you're coming from, and I respect your perspective. Maxwell served as a professor of philosophy at the Moody Bible Institute from 2015 to 2017. Before that, Maxwell was an acquisitions editor for church leader resources with resources with Moody Publishers and a teaching and research assistant for Dr. Kevin Van Hooser at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. Just two months ago, Maxwell published a book called The Trauma of Doctrine, New Calvinism, Religious Abuse, and the Experience of God, which won the critical acclaim of several well-respected evangelical authors and scholars, including Van Hooser, Vincent 
Bacot of Wheaton College and Andrew Schmutzer, a professor at Moody Bible Institute. Maxwell also spoke at Wheaton College in February on the topic of his book. According to Wheaton's website, Maxwell is a survivor of childhood abuse and believes conservative Protestants are too captivated by the concept of moral responsibility to see the real pathological elements of trauma. In addition to writing and speaking on trauma and theological issues, Maxwell also is an avid bodybuilder. This has been the focus of several of his books as well, which also tells me he's a narcissist, okay? And I know that sounds awful and blunt, but I'm sorry. 99% of people who are into heavy bodybuilding are narcissists, just so you know. You can't not be especially when you're posting pictures of yourself on the internet. Okay, just saying. On Maxwell's Instagram account, there are several shirtless pictures of Maxwell as well as his workout plan. Maxwell also had has made several controversial comments about Christian men being too effeminate. In 2018 video, Maxwell claimed that young women who aren't feminist lunatics complained that men in the church are passive and submissive and well-behaved beta males, which is to say most Christian men who do well in evangelical churches are basically women. Maxwell further argues that questioning the basic tenets of Christianity is a sign that one is masculine or high in the trait of self-assurance and self-confidence. Maxwell likens those who question their faith to the kind of man who would have gone into the western frontier in the 19th century. Yet instead of affirming these skeptics, Maxwell says Christians conclude no, you're probably just an arrogant, prideful jerk who needs to repent, buy some pleated khakis, and get a polo because Proverbs 12:15 says, The way of a fool is writing his own lies, but a wise man listens to his advice, which of course means you need to listen to the advice of your effeminate pastor, right? Maxwell is the latest addition to a list of several high-profile Christian men who have renounced Christianity in the past few years. In 2019, Joshua Harris, a former pastor at Covenant Life Church and author of the best-selling book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye, announced he was no longer a believer and apologized to the LGBT community for his views on sexuality. I regret standing against marriage equality for not affirming you and your place in the church and for any ways that my writing and speaking contributed to a culture of exclusion and bigotry, he wrote. More recently, John Steingart of the Christian band Hawk Nelson announced he no longer believes in God. Former Hillsong worship leader Marty Sampson also posted on his Instagram that he's genuinely losing his faith and it doesn't bother me. Responding to some of these defections, John Cooper of the Christian band Skillet wrote in 2019, I'm stunned that the seemingly most important thing for these leaders who have lost their faith is to make such a bold new stance, basically saying, I've been living and preaching boldly something for 20 years, and now I no longer believe it. Therefore, I'm going to boldly and loudly tell people it was all wrong while I boldly and loudly lead people to my next truth. Why be so eager to continue leading people when you clearly don't know where you're headed? Good point. In an article published last October, Maxwell announced that he's launching a new business offering courses on theology and meta skills for young adults. Maxwell also began taking donations for that new business. An Instagram post by Maxwell in February advertised that annual memberships for his courses are on sale for $99. Just give $99 to us, you know, just saying. So my point in sharing this, I have a, I have a point, okay? So one of my points in sharing this is this guy in particular was a philosophy major. 
which tells me that he dabbled more in philosophy than God's word, right? And I think probably every single one of these guys um, had issues trying to please man as opposed to God because the LGBT community has successfully brainwashed the masses into believe, you know, into, into those who, you know, say that homosexuality is a sin. You know, you're a hater, you're a bigot, you're a homophobe. Hey, you know what? Let me tell you something. If somebody calls you that, first of all, blessed are you who are, who are, you know, persecuted because of Jesus, right? I mean, this is something the Lord said. You're, you're, you're repeating his his statement, his words, right? I mean, he's the one that created marriage, right? So you're blessed if you're being persecuted for that. But here's the other thing. Anybody can call anybody a bigot, okay? And let's just face it. Technically, if you look at the term bigot, we're all bigots. Those who are calling you a bigot are also a bigot, just in a different way, okay? Maybe over a different issue. So whatever, who cares? It doesn't matter, right? Because... We must obey God rather than man, and we need to stop being man-pleasers because, frankly, a man can't tell you where you're going to go eternally. Only God can, and that, that's why we should fear God above man. And what's happened in the church is that there is a loss of the fear of God. Why? Because there's people who don't read the Word of God. All these people that decided they're not Christians anymore. I can guarantee you none of them were in the Word of God all the time. I would bet my bottom dollar on it because you can't not, not be in, I mean, if you're in God's word, how can you fall away from that? If you're really in God's word and you're, you're reading his word, you know, and God's revealing stuff to you and he's changing your heart and he's teaching you obedience and stuff. Even more so if you're in community with people in God's word. And that's what, what's lacking. This guy's talking about he's missing community. Why do you think COVID-19 is so diabolically brilliant from these evildoers that threw this thing out there? They intentionally separated people on purpose. Because those who suffer with depression and are awkward socially and they decide that they're, they're going to stay away, etc., you know, it's way easier to attack a lone sheep than one in a community, right? My friend Darren Mel told me this, and I thought it was brilliant. He called me up one day, and he said, you know, I need, I want to talk to you. And anyway, long story short, one of the things he said that I thought was great was he said, you know what, I need to be in fellowship. I want to be in church because it's, because I need to be around my family in Christ because I, you know, because it's harder to fall when you're in community with people and you're being accountable. And I'm going to say something. Accountability. Hey, Jerry, accountability is tough because it requires vulnerability and vulnerability is tough because it requires honesty, right? Right now I have a coach, my friend Lynette. She's my food coach, right? So. I'm texting Lynette everything I eat. I have to tell you, I don't like it because I want to eat a lot of crap, just so you know. I, I really, truly do. I want to eat more sugar than I'm currently eating. I want to eat all the stuff that tastes good. Um, I don't want to eat specific foods the way that I'm supposed to be eating it. 
Um, but you know something my friend Lynette told me? She said, you know what? You can eat whatever you want, but here's the truth. It's not going to get you the result that you want. The result that you want, you're, you're not going to get it because you've been doing it the same way forever. If you want a different result, you got to do something different. And, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I really don't, I mean, in my head, I'm going, I don't want to share with her everything I'm eating. This is embarrassing. You know, I don't, you know, and why should it be embarrassing? Because, because there's shame attached to what I eat. Not because I think it's wrong, but because every woman thinks what she eats is wrong. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's part of the curse of being a woman in particular. But, but, you know, she said to me, she said, look, she said, I want you to tell me what you're eating because... I'm going to help you figure out how you can eat the same thing or something that can be similar um, and eat it differently so that you're not deprived and so that we can figure out what's going to work for your body. And I'm like, oh, so you're not going to judge me, even though I feel like she's going to judge me. I mean, it's hard not to judge people. We all do. But she, her goal isn't to condemn me. Her goal is to help me. So I'm being accountable and I'm being vulnerable. Which is hard because in that vulnerability, you have to be honest, right? And that's where when I see these stories like this guy, I'm no longer a Christian. I'm like, okay, so what are you not being honest about? What are you not being vulnerable about? And did this situation with COVID-19 where we were intentionally separated, you know, and, and people's lack of faith come up, did that impact you in such a way that now you want to die. I had Jared Wilson on my show a couple years ago. Jared Wilson committed suicide. He was a pastor. And his number one outreach was to reach those who were suicidal. And he himself killed himself. So what was he hiding? What was he not sharing with somebody? What was he not being honest about and being vulnerable and accountable to somebody about? That's why I think this is important. Um, because... When the body grows together, we all grow up together. But if you are part of a, uh, I'm trying to think of a good word. If you're an unhealthy part of the body and you're getting all toxic, your arm's growing wrong or whatever, you're not going to get any better, right? And I think, you know, Psalm 51, 6 says, Surely you desire truth in the inner parts you want to know me. David wrote that. You know, David, remember David, a man after God's own heart? David committed adultery. He set up a murder. And then ultimately he was confronted by a prophet that said, you are the man, right? But what I think a lot of people forget in that story is that David, there was about a year between that sin and his repentance. So he was miserable because he knew what he did was wrong, right? And he also paid the consequences because the baby that was born to him in Bathsheba died. And I don't know about you, but I think the death of a child is probably the greatest death any parent can go through. Um, I think most parents I know that that's happened to, they have said, I wish I could have taken their place, Right. So my exhortation and encouragement to you is get real. 
Get real with yourself. Get real with God. Get accountable. And one of the places you can do that is with us. You can do that. I'm not going to judge you. I have plenty of people that can give you a testimony to that fact. I'm going to help you out. Um, Because I don't want a wounded sheep leaving the church or, you know, renouncing Christianity. We want to bring people to heaven with us. We don't want people to go to hell. And if you, you know, if you deny Christ, he's going to deny you, just so you know. I mean, that's in the word of God. Um. But if you don't fear God or keep his commandments, you know, you reap what you sow, you know. But there's the other thing is that there's a ton of people out there who don't even know this. They don't know that God offers them forgiveness. They don't know that God loves them. They don't know what's in the Bible because they don't read it. They've never had access to it. They've never had anybody introduce them to it. So that's where you come along. Ask people, hey, do you have a Bible? Where are you reading in it? Do you, do you want help reading it? There are people out there in your community, in your sphere of influence, that need you to ask them that. Um, it was a little over a year ago. I was in a networking community. I was doing a one-on-one with one of my, one of my friends, and we were having a conversation in her insurance office. I was signing up for her insurance. And we were we were talking and God stuff came up. And through that conversation, she asked me if I would start a Bible study. Because she said, you know God's word. And, and my, my church isn't teaching the Bible. I want just a Bible study. I don't want a book study. I don't want this, this, and this. I want to, somebody to teach me the Bible. People want that. And I thought, you know, I was like, really, Lord? Because this is like every, everybody's dream. <laughs> Who's a Bible teacher or somebody who wants to disciple? It's a dream to get somebody to ask you, oh, my God, yeah, okay, hey, when do you want to do it? Let's do it Tuesday night. I'm like, okay, I'm in. And we set it up, and a year has gone by. And I've seen that girl grow in her faith, become accountable to Bible reading, you know, ask questions that have challenged me. I'm like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> but I'll look it up for you. We'll think through this, you know, and, you know, and I've seen transformation there because of God's word. It's not because of the garbage that man is out there yapping about. It's because the word of God changes you when you engage and embrace what he has to say. My dog is making noise over here. But anyway, that's all I want to say. Um, I know I went over a little bit. But I really do want to encourage you to to consider what I've said. Really pray about what your role is, if you like the show anyway, um, in supporting us this year. Um, because, you know, we would appreciate your support. You know, it's just Randall and me. If you have any questions, where does your money go when you donate? Just let me know. I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, I mean, I can give you a calculation. I think last year we brought in about 2900 and something dollars in donations for last year. Um, as you know, that was a lot. You know, <laughs> this year I'm not quite sure if it's, if it's a little bit higher than that. And I will say of last year's donations, $1,000 came from one person. So... Um, you know, so we would really appreciate your support. If you like what we do, um, there's 
more to it than this show, then go over to our website, biblenewsradio.com forward slash give. You can give through PayPal. If you don't have a PayPal account, you can also give through Venmo. Just let me know and I can tell you where to send it. If you don't want to do that, you want to write a check, you can donate via check too. And, um, but it has to be to Heart Tug International because that's the nonprofit. Okay, Heart Tug. Because the goal of Heart Tug and Bible News Radio is to reach the hearts of people one verse at a time from the Bible. Okay? All right. See you guys tomorrow. And remember, be bold, stand up, and go with God. Because he loves you. We'll see you later. Thank <laughs> you.